This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment, tax, and estate planning. Add your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. Hey, were you born before 1951? Then you're someone that has a RIF. Or if you're born right on 1951, then you have to convert your RSP to a RIF this year. And if you have a Lira, you have to convert it to a LIF account. We're going to go over the next two shows. We're going to go over six steps to RIF success that we've put together over the last 28 years that helps us and helps our clients manage their accounts all the way through retirement. If you have a RIF or a LIF, then this information is really crucial for you today. I'll go over three steps today, and then I'll go over another three steps next week. We're also hosting a seminar on the six steps to RIF success, and it's going to be on Wednesday, November the 16th. It's in Mississauga. It's a luncheon meeting, and we're going to go over things like how to consolidate your RSPs into a single plan, how to generate enough income in your plan to meet the minimum withdrawal requirements, the proper asset allocation to meet your you know, particular objectives, deciding on the cash flow from your RIF, and how to deal with the market situation and putting your account back on track, especially this year because you have a RIF account. Uh, number one, your account's going down. Number two, you're taking money out at the same time. Now, there's no cost or obligation to attend, and it's going to be, again, November the 16th. It's going to run from 12 noon to 2 p.m., lunch is included, and all you have to do is call Dominic now at one 891 2637. That's 1-866-891-2637 to register for our special seminar for those of you who have a RIF or you have a LIF account. It's called the Six Steps to RIFs and LIF Success. And we go through all the steps that you need now and all the way through retirement to manage those accounts. Or as always, what you can do is if you don't want to call Dominic, you can go to primetimemoney, all one word, dot C-A, and just uh, enter your name and your email, and uh, Dominique will make sure that you get registered there. Okay, remember with a RIF account, the most important letter is the I. So RRIF stands for income, which is different from an RRSP that stands for saving. So we got to focus on income because you have to draw money out of that account. Stay right there because Paul McDonald of Harvest Portfolios is going to give you some ideas that can yield you 7% plus. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. And joining us now is Paul McDonald, who's the Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Harvest Portfolios Group. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks for uh, coming on the show again today. Uh, thanks for having me again, Richard. I, I know I wanted to give you a call because uh, I read your publication that you just sent out. It was called Fed Up with the Fed. And then, you know, after yesterday afternoon, I, I'm definitely fed up with the Fed and everything that's happening and the uncertainty. Just when you think... Things are getting a little bit better, and it's starting to feel a little, you know, good about the markets again. Then you get um, you get handed all that. So, uh, why did you write that? What's what's it all about? 
Well, you know, it's, it, it really is. I, I think uh, people are just fed up with, uh, with a lot of that macro noise that we're hearing. And, uh, you know, the Fed has been uniformly hawkish now yeah. and, and, you know, aggressively much more so over recent months. So much so that, you know, really outside of the actual meeting days themselves, you know, coming into these meetings and a lot of that commentary, I think people are kind of getting fed, fed up with it. It's starting to become a little bit of more background noise. And so I think most people are, are fed up with that. The, the commentaries and um, that's coming out that's so hawkish, we understand. We know that rates are going higher. Everybody is understands that inflationary pressures are are moving higher and are staying, you know, uh, stubbornly high. And so I think that in that type of environment, it it really becomes much more, people start looking more at the um, micro level as opposed to the macro level. So people are starting to look more and more at the companies as opposed to that macro narrative, which is starting to become a little bit more of background noise, albeit notwithstanding, you know, the daily um, announcements of rate hikes and the volatility that goes with that uh, are still very much uh, there. But in general, our view is is that uh, um, that people are now starting to get uh, get really fed up with that that background noise that uh, uh, of the hawkishness of the Fed and really starting to focus in more on the uh, on the micro side. And to me, that's the early signs of a bottoming process. Yeah, I agree with you. And the good thing I took economics in university, so I can understand what you're talking about with micro and micro, macro economics. <laughs> well, that's right. Micro, micro, of course, yeah. being the, the companies and the corporate companies yeah, exactly. as opposed to the, the Fed, yeah. Yeah, I know. All that stuff is, you know, there's, at the end of the day, though, you know, if, if you go back historically, and look at these periods. It's not like these periods have never happened before. Like, what areas um, in your research have, have you found that have been able to make money in this kind of an environment? Yeah, great question. And you know, we have to remember that you know, in, within cycles, they're cyclicals, and we're still in in, in a, a cyclical environment. And so, uh, our view is is that volatility has had a structural shift higher. We, we should expect volatility to stay. Uh, and we still have relatively cloudy visibility into corporate earnings. You know, we really don't know when these margin pressures from inflation are going to subside and what the, the shorter to medium term impact of that's going to be. And so when we look back historically at areas that have relative visibility into their businesses, there's very few. And one of those areas um, in, in recessionary or slowing growth environments is healthcare. You have what's called the superior good, which people need in up and down markets. But you also have other box ticking things for this type of macro backdrop, which is uh, you've got relatively high margins and low commodity exposure. And so when you put those kind of three things together in the shorter term uh, and historically, that's an area that we, we still are very much uh, fond of in this type of environment. You've launched a, a couple of new strategies. Talk about what, that, uh, that, what you're doing there. Uh, for sure. So we, we actually have um, two areas, two sort of silos to our business, if you will. Uh, the primary area is what we call equity income. So, for example, we will have a portfolio of 20 large cap healthcare 
companies that we have a strategy that generates um, uh, enhanced income, if you will, over and above the dividend yield. And we use what's called the covered call strategy for uh, that additional uh, cash flows that we generate. And so the new strategies that we have launched are are really just uh, an enhancements of existing funds. So we call them uh, very much the enhanced series, which basically own the underlying ETFs that we have. So again, for example, our healthcare leaders fund, we now have a healthcare um, leaders enhanced fund. And all we've done is we've added 25% leverage to the uh, to the enhanced side that really the intent of that is to have more exposure on the yield side and so as markets do recover there will be the opportunity for uh, for more appreciation than perhaps under on the uh, on the underlying that does not have the leverage leverage does work both ways so uh, really people should be looking at, uh, at the underlying strategy is this something that they're looking to have exposure to and if they're comfortable with having modest leverage of 25 percent uh, and commensurately, they will get the higher uh, higher cash flows and uh, and the relative uh, appreciation on the upside. So, uh, not necessarily uh, new strategies by themselves with the underlying um, investments. More of a, a structural um, uh, enhancement given some of the changes that we've had over the past couple of years in the regulatory environment that really allow us to employ modest leverage uh, within the ETF structure. And this just opens up for people that perhaps want to get a little bit of leverage, but also for those that want to have a little bit of leverage with inside their registered accounts. Uh, now there's an option for them to do that. Right. So, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, this show and next week we're we're focusing on RIF accounts. So this would be uh, an avenue for them to get... Um a little bit more enhanced kind of return for their, you know, to make their minimum withdrawal payment and get a little bit higher income. Uh, absolutely, that's yeah. the intent for uh, okay. for us. Is uh, the the enhanced series own the our underlying ETF, um, and we've got uh, we've got five of them, so ranging across multiple different sectors. We also have one uh, that we launched earlier this year. Um, that is effectively six of our ETFs all in one. So it's a fund of funds. So some people do like that uh, additional diversity uh, over and above the individual sectors or individual strategy funds. So, uh, and that fund's HDIF, again, uh, holds six underlying ETFs, uh, but it allows us to employ 25% uh, leverage. Wait, what would that yield now, Paul, that one? So the yield on that one uh, on HDIF is about 10.7% currently, um, Richard. Excellent. That's a tremendous yield. Anyway, um, Paul, I, I know you're busy. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And if you can um, get someone to uh, send that to us, and we'll post it on, our, uh, our, on the website for Primetime Money, those new funds well, that you have uh, available. We will for sure. Okay, that's great, Paul. You take care. You too. Thanks, Richard. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, that was Paul McDonald. He's the Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Harvest Portfolios Groups. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Harvest Portfolios Group. Do you have a RIF or a LIF account? Or do you turn 71 this year and thinking about converting your RSP to a RIF? Stay right there. I'll go over the six steps to RIF success. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money.
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. You know, setting up a RIF or a LIF is simple. All you got to do is go to your financial institution, sign a few papers, and you're done. Wrong. Creating a RIF or a LIF account um, to do exactly the job that you want and the process that you want, careful planning is really uh, required here. And there are six important steps that you need to understand. And we put these six steps together over the last 28 years. So we've continuously upgraded this to make sure that we have the six steps that you need in order to manage this account properly. Because this is the income and the pension that you're going to live off for the rest of your life. So today, because it's a little extensive, I'm going to go through numbers one, two, and three. And then next week, we'll go through numbers four, five, and six. Okay, let's go to number one. Step one is to consolidate your RSPs into a single plan. You know, most people have a few RSPs here and there at different uh, institutions. And what you have to do then is you're going to have to convert each of those different RSPs into RIFs. And then when you convert each of those RSPs into RIFs, you have to draw money out of those accounts. And uh, the financial institution that you're dealing with is required to give you the minimum out of those accounts. So if you had three different accounts, you're going to have three different lifts, and you're going to have to manage them all separately and then draw out the minimum from each of those lifts. So what we suggest in step number one is to take all those accounts together and pick one provider. This way, you can properly allocate your assets. You'll get one statement you can pay attention to and understand the performance. You have one advisory team that knows you and knows how to uh, fit your objectives and put together a plan to meet your objectives. You can manage the withdrawals with your desired bank account. This way, at your age, you can basically really simplify your life because... All I have to do is I have to look at this one account and draw my money out of this account. I can look at the performance, how much I'm making, how much I'm drawing. I can send it to uh, my bank account with my other um, payments that are coming in from OAS and CPP perhaps to match up with your expenses. So step number one is to consolidate your RSPs into a single plan. That's that's crucial to start off. Step number two is to decide what type of RIF you have. There, there are different types of uh, RIFs out there. So you can go to a bank. And um, say, for instance, you have an account there and you have GICs in a RIF account and you can convert your GICs into a, a RIF account from an RSP. You could have an account with a, a financial institution like a bank or a mutual fund provider and have all mutual funds and convert that into a RIF account. So those are basic plans. Or you can set up what's called a self-directed RIF uh, where you're going to have it professionally managed. So those are the three choices that you you have and which one's going to fit the job that you want to have happen. You know, in our experience, um, you've saved up this money all of your life. So I've put together, I've continued to invest money in my RSP. I've built it up. And and believe me, folks, like over the years, the, these accounts have gotten quite large. Now you have to focus on this amount of money. You want to have every option available to you in terms of what you can invest in. You want every type of security available. The only way that you can do that is through a self-directed account with the assistance of an experienced financial advisor that can give you an, what you want in terms of the objectives that you want inside of the account. But the other objective that you want to make sure that you're taking care of is to meet with the minimum withdrawal. So once you set, set up this account, uh, again, what we're suggesting, it's called a self-directed account where you can focus on the income that you need and focus with a, a um, financial advisor that's experienced that can put together a plan to meet your objectives. If you take a look at an account with just GICs or an account with just mutual funds or even a combination of those two and the GICs are locked up, it's very difficult to do the job in this particular uh, circumstance. So, again, 
you've saved up a lot of money. You've saved it uh, in a sense where you now you have to draw money from it. It's important how to do it, especially in a year like this year. Think about it. The value of my assets are going down, and I have to take money out at the same time. It's a compounded effect. So if you don't have that property structured, you're continually taking money out of a declining asset unless you have something that's providing you income and you can maintain your assets. So it's very important to structure it that way. So step number two is to decide what type of RIF that you want. Okay, step number three is to take care of the paperwork. This is critical. When you set up a RIF or a LIF account, you have the choice of, you know, basically taking the minimum withdrawal at your age, but you can also choose the spouse's age if the spouse is younger and you can take a little bit less out. So the first year when you're 71 years old, um, basically you're going to convert. And in the year that you turn 72, you're going to have to draw out somewhere around 5.28%. Okay, that's the minimum according to your age. But if you had a spouse that's younger, say for instance, they're 60 years old, you take 90 minus 60 is 30, 130th is 3.3%. So instead of taking out 5.28%, I can take out 3.3%. So you can take out a little bit less if you're in a higher tax bracket in this case. Another crucial part is if you have a Lira account. So you got this money from a company that you work for and you commuted the value of a pension or a part of a pension or a company gave you a, a discharge and gave you some of the pension that you saved up. That's a Lira account. Now, the Lira account has to get converted to what's called a LIF. So a locked-in retirement account goes into a locked-in income fund. Now, you can choose to unlock 50%, but you have to do it right at that moment. So the moment that I decide that I want to convert my Lira to a LIF, I have to do unlocking. So when I do the unlocking, the paperwork comes in where I have to send the information to CRA that I want to unlock 50%. So this is critical because money locked up is not a good thing when you're retired. You want to have access to your capital. So this is a crucial point when you have a Lira to a lift to do the unlocking and the paperwork has to be done correctly. The other part you have to understand too is that all this money that's coming out of these accounts, you're going to get a T4 RIF and LIF uh, for. So T4 is the the statement that you got when you get you get paid and you have to pay tax. So all of these things are uh, taxable in that account. So when you're taking care of the paperwork, you have to know, number one, what you're going to do in terms of the minimum. If you're going to take more than the minimum, that's another uh question you have to look at. You can elect to have withholding tax taken off as well when you're uh, taking your your payments because what happens is because you're getting a T4 RIF account, you have to pay tax at the end. Uh, CRA may ask you to make quarterly installments. You can also elect to have 10, 15, 20% taking off of your paycheck, which is your T4 RIF account or your monthly payment out of your RIF, and you can deduct uh, that and your taxes paid and you're not going to have to come up with a lump sum when you do your tax return. The the other part of the paperwork that's crucial is the estate planning part. And the estate planning part comes in that you can choose what's called a successor annuitant or a beneficiary for your RIF account. So you have two choices there. So what's the best choice out of those two? If you're married, you always choose successor annuitant. This way it goes to the spouse tax-free, it goes to them immediately, and it doesn't have to pass through the estate at all. Okay, if you don't have a spouse, then you designate a beneficiary. And then the beneficiary, the reason that you designate a beneficiary is you can avoid probate. So it's not part of the will, and you don't have to probate it. So if you had an account that could be 500, 600, 700,000, you don't have to probate that amount because, you know, it doesn't have to go through the will because you've named the beneficiary on your statement with your financial institution. And make sure it's done and you can see it on a piece of paper that it's done with the financial institution. So, 
that's critical because if there's ever a dispute with your estate, they go back and they would call me and they'd say, Richard, what's on this person's uh, documentation in terms of uh, beneficiary? If they have it, if they don't have it, if they have a successor annuitant or if they don't have a successor annuitant. Okay, wow. We're all out of time for today. I know that's a lot of information in a short period of time, but I hope it helps. And there's more help on the way as well. So come on out to our seminar. It's a luncheon workshop again. It's on Wednesday, November the 16th, and we're going to go over all the six steps in detail. So if you want to learn, it's going to be like an hour session where I'll go through the six steps in detail. And um, we're also going to have a yeah, publication as well uh, that's called The Six Steps to Riff Success that's available as well. And we have a, what's, what's called a 2022 Riff Report. So that'll bring you up to speed with all the uh, latest uh, information in terms of what's happening with RIFs and all the different kinds of regulations. So if you do come out, you're going to find out some other information like, uh, you know, how long uh, is my RIF going to last? How will my RIF be taxed? Can I still contribute to a spousal RSP after I set up a RIF? Yes, you can. You can still have that. Say, for instance, you're 65 years old and you have a, uh, you convert to a RIF account because you've retired and then you get a job. Can you convert back to an RSP? Yes, you can. So all those types of things I'm going to go through and give you some ideas on how you should be managing your money. And I think it's critical if you have a RIF account or a LIF account, you come out and join us or you read this RIF report, that's for sure. If you're interested in opening a RIF account or you're 71 this year and you have to open a RIF account, um, this session is uh, is important for you and it's must-reading because I know a lot of financial institutions uh, really don't uh, focus on RIF accounts much. And um, you want to have some uh, experienced people taking care of that for you. So... Call Dominique now, 1-866-891-2637. She's in the office and she'll take your call. Or you can register online with uh, primetimemoney.ca. Again, it's 1-866-891-2637 for the six steps to riff success. You guys have been great. Have a great week. And we'll see you again next week where I'll go over the last three steps for the riff success. I'm Richard Infantino. Thanks for joining us today. This has been Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.